welcome to Blake Street Banter on the farm. Uh, James. Yeah, James is the new guy here, I guess. James, say hi. Hi. Tyler, say what's up. Howdy. Happy to be here once again. We are we're having fun with this thing. This is just cool talking prospects. And I still don't like the name of BSB on the farm. I still <laughs> need to come up with names. So if you have any suggestions, just put it out there. Put it on the Twitter sphere, get it on the Instagram, do whatever. But we've been trying to think of like little, little, like minor, like the step below banter and Blake Street. And I can't come up with anything. It's, that's so. just tough, honestly. You want to be original, but it's got to be relevant and make a lot of sense and stick with people. So props to anyone who actually has created a really awesome name. I mean, Blake Street Banner is great, but, you know, we, we have to do something original here. And the Pebble Report, like, that makes sense because pebbles are little things compared to mountains. And that's fucking genius. That, it is perfect. <laughs> and here we are just twiddling our thumbs acting like we're James not know what we're doing so as as usual when james joins the bsb uh on the farm he will be made fun of so make sure you just enjoy that as we go through it <laughs> um, but yeah so let's start it off right we are here uh player bios i am going to introduce you if you haven't been introduced already to brett boswell an eighth round pick of 2017 out of texas Really interesting story. I was not familiar with it until probably about 20 minutes ago when I was looking up his information. Uh, he was actually cut by the Rockies last year because of an ankle injury, just couldn't, couldn't keep, stay healthy. And then they literally signed him a week later and he ended up the season with the isotopes on the 60 day IL. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And then he hadn't played in a game since 2019. He was playing last played for the Hartford yard goats in 2019 so i guess that makes sense right 2020 was a weird season yeah. and 2021 was injured prone but he is on fire right now in spring training and brett with one t for the record <laughs> one t brett i think given that he can play center field it's kind of interesting seeing him in spring right now because the Rockies. i mean we we have a trade that went down today we're about to talk about that just a little bit here in a sec um, I mean, center field has been is is kind of a void still, and seeing that Brett Boswell's like falling out, it makes you think maybe he is firmly on that radar, maybe the third or fourth guy in line for innings in center field. Uh, the really cool thing about Brett too, I looked up three different websites, and it'll be Baseball Reference and uh, Fangraphs, and Dude Man has a different position on each website. He plays outfield, he plays center field, he plays second base. So he is a jack of all trades utility player. Just that, you know, you know what the Rockies do. They love that stuff, just what they love. So Brett Boswell, keep him on your radar. And speaking of another guy, utility role, I think he played like every infield position besides first base this year in the Dominican Summer League. It is our former boy, Adrian Pinto. <laughs> Just traded today for Randall Grichik, along with Ryan Tapia, uh, 2019 international signing out of Venezuela. Um, you know, he was a pretty high profile signing because he might be, he's, he's five, six. So not a big guy, but he does everything else that you want in a baseball player. Like he's super fast, makes a ton of contact, even has like a little bit of sneaky pop in there. Um, 
Fun fact, best offensive season by any Rockies prospect in the Dominican Summer League. It was just kind of nuts. Um, I do not have the numbers in front of me. It was by he was better than everyone else. Um, so for me, kind of a sad departure. But, you know, Randall Gritchick, I think, is a little bit of an upgrade over Ryan Miltapia. We'll roll with it. Yeah. And I saw that Adrian Pinto was just the quote unquote player to be named later part of that deal. He was what they paid because the Rockies actually get money in this trade, like $5 million roughly on average, I think, over the next two years, like each year. So $5 million for Adrian Pinto. So maybe we lucked out, lost out on that. I don't know. James, what are your thoughts on Adrian Pinto leaving the farm? Uh, yeah, I was going to ask, do we want to try to make sense of that deal right now? Or do we need to save that for a later time? Because let's, let's, some folks let's dive into taking... it. <laughs> let's dive into it. Because, you know, these trades affect the farm. And we were talking pretty, ad- pretty vibrantly uh, before we started about the trade and we're not going to talk Grichik and Tapia. We're not talking majors. We're talking minors, not majors, not the majors. We're talking about minor league baseball, about our prospects and how this affects all that. And I think me personally, Adrian Pinto, he's 17, 18 years old, only saw DSL, uh, but had a really bright future. He, a lot of things about his game stand out, but he's 18 and we wouldn't see anything regarding him in four or five years at a major league level. We are hoping to see him in Fresno this year, but I, I don't think it hurts. And I mean that in the most positive way, just because he is so young. He's not somebody that we've been baking on. It's not Ezekiel Tovar that we traded. It's not the next guy up. It's a, it's a long ways away type dude that we lost. So well, I think this deal is really a microcosm of what the game of baseball has become, especially at the pro level, where it's really about the three major outcomes, right? Um, Tapia loses out. He's a contact hitter, which is great, but that's not something that's valued. Um, you don't have to make a lot of contact as long as what you hit is a dinger or two every now and then, right? That's why Gritchick is valuable. And Pinto sounds like the same type of player that that Tapia is. So, unfortunately, he just doesn't fit the mold of the pro game at the moment. You know, bright future, all that, that's definitely uh, to be respected. But, you know, I I just don't think it really fits in the Rockies. I think I knew that. So, I don't know, just my two cents. You might be onto something there, right? The three true outcomes and going to that power – bat can't say i really thought about that but it's not a bad take i mean if you hit 200 with 30 bombs you're a good player now and that's like that's crazy it really is like the 300 contact hitter that hits less than 10 home runs a year like that's not really valued um at all really um in today's game so i don't know it's just something to think about and I think a good way to think about this trade, you sort of got at it, Aaron, a little bit. You know, Rockies are getting about $5 million per season covering Randall Gritchick's contract. I think Randall Gritchick was a bit more valuable than Tapia, given that, you know, Gritchick brings similar quality defense, but a bit more offensive value just due to the, the big-time raw power. Um, so I think 
if you want to break it down, try to look at this from a pure numbers perspective. In a way, yeah, the the Blue Jays are paying the Rockies close to five million a season to get Adrian Pinto, which to kind of play devil's advocate to what James said, I think that shows this was someone that they really wanted because you know he can do a lot of of the scrappy things that some teams definitely you know still love. Um, but I, I do think there is some value um, to that line of thought of the three true outcome guys being, you know, the, the main prize here. And that will be the last time we compliment James on a good thought. So if you <laughs> want more of that, I think you need to go somewhere else. Yeah, that, that was out of line for, for <laughs> that was really weird. Arm episode. Wow. <laughs> that was really weird for all of us. <laughs> it, I also think it, it slows down Valade getting the call up. I think it will slow down a Welker call up who could potentially play corner outfield. Like there's already a huge log jam in the major league outfield as is. And we traded an outfielder for another outfielder. So that log jam is still there, which means those prospects that are knocking on the door, our boy went to Menard type players. I think it just, it's going to slow that down. I think another, another year or two, which I think in the long run might be fine, but it, it's gotta be, it's kind of got to suck if you're delayed and you see like, Oh, you've traded an outfielder. Yes. For another fucking outfielder. Come on dog. Like I would, it would, would sting a little, but you know, they're professionals. They haven't figured it out. And I, I think Rymel Tapia was not in any way going to be a Rocky in 2023. I think they were probably all offseason kind of looking for ways to get rid of him because, you know, hit ground balls like almost 60% of the time. He's getting paid, you know, four and a half million, I think, is his salary for the season. So it's like, I, I think for sure gone in 2023, this was just a good way to recoup something. But yeah, Ryan Vallade is currently looking down from AAA. He was just optioned. He is currently looking down or looking up saying, shit. Well, I mean, that's that's something that we're going to bring up, right? Blade didn't look very comfortable at all um, so far. So, I mean, it's kind of his own doing, right? And then Aaron brought up Welker. Welker spent, what was it, 80 games because of the suspension? I mean, I mean, these guys, they have an opportunity, but they're not making the most of it um, when they can. So, the Rockies had to make a move, so – my thought. I also want to say the Rockies don't want these guys up yet. And look at the segue. So the Colorado Rockies have options. Ryan Feltner, Helker Reyes Olivares. No way I said the first name right. Ryan Rollison and Ryan Belay to AAA Albuquerque, along with JD Hammer, the best name in the minor league system. Um, there's always, all those guys got trip options to AAA Albuquerque. So it, I find it weird, like they don't want Ryan Rollinson. And we talked a little bit about this last pod um, on our draft pod, right? We None of us drafted Ryan Rollinson, but it wasn't because of him. It's just we were really stoked about the future, future studs, right? Not like the knocking on the door studs. Like when is Ryan Rollinson going to get his chance? It, like Again, it's got to sting a little, not even getting the potential bullpen knock to start like that buddy black might've mentioned you're going straight to Albuquerque. Um, maybe that's to hone in on the starting stuff. I don't know. And he had a weird year last year with all of the injuries and blah, blah, blah. Add to it. However, Ryan Rollins has been the golden child for a hot minute now. And here we are just letting him 
be the golden child until because we just don't want him to be successful it seems like i just think that's it's weird that the rockies just aren't going with their guys in a season but i guess they're all in because they're making moves this team continues to confuse the crap out of me but that's was the little segue hopefully you're all applauding at home how i segue that <laughs> well i mean let's think about the historical aspects of that so i think they're I think they're just going to wait and see and hope that, you know, it's a really long season, obviously. So they'll, they'll call up Rolleston soon, hopefully, but look at a guy like Eddie Butler, who, you know, was an amazing minor league player, right. Was the golden child. And like, people are like, please call him up, call him up. What are you doing? What are you waiting for? And then they called him up and then it's complete bust and, you know, and then they warm out and all kinds of stuff. So I, I actually kind of applaud this approach where maybe we'll see mid-season where things are at and let chips, you know, fall where they may. But, you know, not forcing something, I think, is, is a nice approach for once. Yeah, I'm down with letting them cook a little bit longer. Like we saw Feltner last season. And, and you know, big asterisk on what we saw from Feltner last season. He was gassed. Um, after pitching like 150 innings in the minors. Um, but I, I don't think that Rollison and Feltner are quite polished and ready. And yeah, the Rockies, they can afford kind of to be a little patient. Um, you know, Chad Cool, not an exciting name, but I, I really think people will be surprised with how decently he fares in that fifth starting spot, um, given that his pitches work a lot like other Rockies pitchers. So We'll see about that. But looking at another starter and kind of transitioning into some of these spring training minor league performances so far, Noah Davis had a segue. decent <laughs> segue alert. <laughs> Noah Davis had a nice little two inning start um, a few days ago. Wasn't, you know, spectacular. Yes, he was. Get out of here. What do you he mean he was? He struck out Manny Machado with a sick little slide <laughs> piece, man. I, I noticed a lot. Oh, he cut out. You noticed a lot. You noticed a lot. Um, what? Not, not that like, oh, I, I think, I think he was, he was missing a lot to his glove side, you know, did not have his release point dialed in, but I think he's good enough that when he's, his command is not spot on. He's still a good pitcher. Yeah. His stuff is nasty enough. Yeah. yeah. All on all aboard the Noah Davis train. Dude struck out Nane and shout out. He made <laughs> Manny look silly. It was fantastic. Uh, yeah, that was great. So yeah, that, let's just go down this little list that we have. Brett Boswell, we talked about him at the top. <laughs> just raking, man. One home run, five RBIs, leads the team in average and OBP with a 385 average and 1.236 OBP. He's definitely getting like a lot of playing time right now. Well deserved, but dude, man, is just making making a statement right now. Uh, gotta love that. Just the young guys kind of doing it like he has 13 at bats kind of the most. So I lied a little bit about the highest average in OPS. I got a little excited, <laughs> but um, I mean, segue Tovar Tovar is killing another home run today, two home runs on the, on the uh, spring training circuit leads the team. I promise 618 average one seven 1.7 OPS. It is officially Tovar season and I cannot wait just watch that man play this season yeah i think what's crazy about this is like he might play himself into like a hartford assignment 
Like he, you know, didn't play great in Spokane and in the late season cameo, but this is a guy on the 40 man roster. And if he's playing up to par, like you got to put him where he belongs and there's a chance. Yeah. He could be assigned to Hartford. That'd be really exciting and give him a chance to potentially debut at the end of this season. That's a bit ambitious, but um, on that note, real quick, Olivares. So he jumped to Spokane last year, skipped Fresno. And he was optioned <laughs> to Albuquerque just now. Does he pitch for Albuquerque or is he just I, there for now? I think that was almost like a formality, like optioning him to Al- or to Albuquerque at the moment. Cause it'd be weird for him to skip Hartford after pitching kind of rough in Spokane. Right. But, I mean, we'll see. Cause he, he's another one of those guys that like, you know, like Tavar was just put on the 40 man. So he has time. Olivares, this is his second year on the 40 man. He can't just go repeat, you know, Spokane. I mean, he could, but that's really pressing his timeline to get to the big leagues before, you know, we got to look at designating him for assignment, which you don't want to do because he's got a nice arm, like a yeah. really nice arm. <laughs> right. Yeah. He was one of those guys I was watching. Uh, our, oh, we didn't even mention it. Yoan, Yoan Ibar got released oh, yeah. from the 40 man to make room for KB. And um, who was the, Oberg went to the 60 day IL to make room for yeah. Chad cool. So Yon, there's your update on that. Yon, best, of, best of luck. Yon. Uh, so we do have, we do have that. I'm the all of ours thing. I've been watching just because he has the electric electric stuff. I think we talked about every pod, but he just needs to figure it out. So I'm curious if they're going to skip Hartford, but I just think that's just a roster move right now. I'm like, Hey, we'll figure this shit out later. Just um, to let you know, Ibar got um, yeah, from uh, White Sox. Yankees. Yankees. Wrong pinstripes. Pin there he is, guys. <laughs> Everybody, that's the James that we know and love when it comes to BSB on the phone. Um, he's still working out on what the compensation A pick is, but we'll, we'll hopefully get that figured out soon. Uh, yeah. Segway. Um, segway. <laughs> Zach, Zach Veen. I mean, the guy has, I, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch him today. I don't think he, I, I know he got struck out by Tyler Anderson at some point today, but. Zach Veen and what I've seen, the plate appearances are, you know, not just pro level, like they are major league level. Like this guy is battling with, um, you know, pretty quality pitchers. We've seen him knock a couple hits. The guy looks like a gamer and he's a, he's a tooled up guy that has the, you know, the, the gamer mentality. And that's awesome. And makes me even more excited about him. What? What is Zach Veen's future as a success for the Rockies? Like, are we thinking he has to be the next cargo, not too low type feel? Or are we okay if he turns out to be like a, I don't even know, a good Matt holiday? I was going to say Matt Holiday, <laughs> Brad Hopp to an extent. Like, I mean, are we disappointed if he is one of those guys? I mean, I guess the weird thing is, like, if he was Brad Hopp at the plate, because Brad Hopp was just bad. He was like Charlie Blackman in his late 30s and, and right field, like, his entire career. Um, so, like, if Zach Veen was Brad Hopp at the plate but was a quality defender, like, he'd be pretty pretty awesome. Um, but, like, just to get at your overall sentiment, like, I, you know, I think he is a better hitting prospect and we haven't seen enough but i think he's a better pure hitter better overall offensive profile than guys like nolan definitely than trevor trevor was kind of like an afterthought of a prospect like outside the top 100 for basically you know every 
scouting outlet. Um, Cargo, I, I think I think that's kind of a decent comp in terms of what we should expect or hope for at least is like cargo if we get a homegrown cargo for 10 15 years that's a win uh the i mean that'd be, be fantastic great. right okay as long okay. as he stays healthy <laughs> right that would Just, be incredible i always this, there's so much pressure on these dudes like we see it all the time and so as a fan what are we just hoping for and I don't know, in the long run, like he's a 15 year investment as a fan, right? Like we hopefully we'll be watching him for a hot minute. So it's always, I'm always curious what people's takes are on a successful career as he grows up. Also, James just said, just showed us something. This was a little preview. You can go ahead and tweet at us like, yo, put me in on this. We have a Zach Bean card being uh, given away real soon. We don't know when we're doing it. We don't know how we're doing it, but we have it. And if you saw the video, which you can't because we don't post our pods on YouTube, because nobody got time for that. We we do have it. We have it in hand. So maybe James will post a little picture later and on the Twitter sphere, on the Instagram or something. No, don't do that. No, don't do that, James. Don't. I just talked myself out of it. I want the listeners. If you listen to this, holler at your boys and we'll put you in two or three entries before everybody else because we love that you fucking listen to us. So there's your little perk listen to us share it with somebody and then let us know that you shared it by grading it and giving us a five-star review done with the plug sack bean card giving away soon uh ryan valade hasn't looked comfortable option down i mean you know spring training small sample stuff like you never know but like i did not see that bat from him where i was like ryan valade looks like he is in control and you know getting himself into a good position to hit it was like you know watch strike one you know, kind of chase at strike two, foul pitch off. Maybe, you know, there's a you know, work account to like one, two, two, two. I think he had a hit. I think he had one hit, but it was like, I didn't see a Ryan Valade at bat where I was like, that's, you know, that's promising. So he went down with the Ryans. Yeah. And that, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Hopefully that time, the extra time down there is good for him. Jake Bird is nasty. Jake Bird is nasty. We talked about him a few times. It's not the first bird call that we've talked about. It's when do we see him? Are we going to see him in April in purple pinstripes? Are we going to see him in July? What, when do we see Jake Bird up, up, up in the majors? Yeah. I mean, I, I tweeted out recently cause I was watching him just, you know, push that 96 cheese with heavy sink. Um, and I, I was a bit ambitious in saying that he's a candidate to break camp with the Rockies. I think that's, that is a bit overly ambitious, just given the, the state of the 40 man. Like I think the guys on the 40 man are the guys, you know, we're going to be picking from for the major league bullpen, but Jake bird could knock down the door and, you know, in May, June. So I think it's likely we'll see him at some point in the summer, but the summer is a long season. It stretches the right. entire baseball season. Um, so we'll see, but I think, you know, between him and like a guy like Justin Lawrence, like if those guys can just keep their, you know, mechanics in check and their command consistent, those two guys are going to be, you know, unhittable. We got Lawrence sitting a hundred with a, a high eighties wipeout slider. And we've got Jake bird with three quality pitches, including, you know, that 96 mile an hour sinker, like, and throwing a Julian Fernandez along. Oh, I, yeah. Just like, we got some, we got some heat. Like it's there. Uh, our 
I'm going to say it. I've said it since the first time you heard it. Our bullpen, our major league bullpen is not going to be terrible this year. It will be a top 15. Yeah, I said it, James. Lose the face. It will be a top 15 bullpen in all the major leagues, not just the NL, because I know you're going to come with that joke. Top 15 bullpen top 15 in the MLB. National league. You, can, you can mark it right now. Top 15 in all MLB. I think I need you that. to take a drug test immediately. <laughs> no, watch immediately. Watch it. You're gonna feel sick. You're gonna need your thermometer out and check your temperature because you're feeling sick. I, I, you know, I think a lot of people are underestimating what the Rockies have just done as an organization in the last five years, just drafting ninety percent pitchers. Like their goal has been, we need a shitload of arms because most of them aren't going to pan out, but we need, you know, enough to supplement the big leagues. And that's finally, you know, paying off. We have a ton of guys who, you know, have touched the majors, a ton of guys who have, you know, pitched decently in AAA, which is very difficult given that it's Albuquerque and many more on the way. I think that the Rockies organizational philosophy of just going hard on pitching, you know, we know what's going on with the offense. It has been bad at, at, you know, on Blake street, you can't hit. But pitching has been a huge strength of this team. And I, you know, that's because of the way that they've drafted, the way that they've, you know, gone after talent. Yeah, suck it, James. Yeah, it's just it's just really nice that we've had a consistent, transparent message from the front office for the last five, Here it goes five again. to ten years. You know, it's just been a clear here it goes again. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm done. No, you're you're right. You're not wrong. It, it's it's I think they're rolling, built. they're rolling dice, and the the boys' club is is downstairs smoking <laughs> cigars, and they're just throwing darts, and they're like, yeah, pitcher, lefty, high school, ninety six, yeah, let's go, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Tyler's point is correct that it appears that there's a philosophy there. Whether that's an actual actualized <laughs> philosophy, I don't know, but I mean, yeah, it's it's there. Let's, Every let's. Every lightning bolt strikes somewhere. Isn't yeah, broken, the same? broken clocks right eight times a day, right? <laughs> at least, at minimum eight times. It'd be weird <laughs> if it was less. Uh, our last one of, to, to note is Heath Holder. Uh, three innings pitched, eight Ks. That's one less than all of them. Like, that's ridiculous. I, I want to say that he's like 30 years old, and but he's been in the Rockies system the entire time. But he's kind of another one of these guys who has a chance to go to AAA and and work his ass off and get a get a shot. You know, we've you see multiple guys like this every year that pitch really well in AAA. You have to give them a shot. Some of them stick. Some of them don't. Kevin Costner two point oh. Yeah, it's. I mean, he did. Yeah, Heath Holder is having a fantastic spring. We're not going to look it's, at his twenty twenty stats. So but. far, so great. <laughs> uh, we'll just go with that. Kevin Costner 2.0 resurrection. Yeah. So Keith, Keith Holder, keep an eye on that. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't say, fuck you, James, the Rockies found Dugan Darnell or Dugan Darnell found, found them. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say Dugan Darnell's name in a BSB on the farm pod. So Dugan Darnell, Dugan Darnell, Dugan Darnell. And who's, who's, your, who's your favorite Rockies prospect? I, <laughs> it's really hard to know. I, I have no idea who it is. I don't know. There's a song about him out there. Maybe just go find it. Doing Darnell by John Snodgrass. You can find it on our YouTube channel uh, at Blake Street Banter. 
uh, right there. And you'll probably listen to it at the end of this pod because I've done that the last few weeks. And I think I'm just going to keep doing it. Duke and Darnell will end all BSB on the farm pods for a hot minute at least. Um, and anything else for the good of the cause crew? Um, we are two weeks away from opening MILB night, really 10 days because it starts on the 5th. I don't know math very well. I uh, just teach it. So it's, <laughs> I know Tuesday, April 5th, it is officially March 24th right now. So we are two weeks away. We have one more BSB on the farm pod before our opening day. Hopefully by the time we speak next week, we have a little um, look at what those rosters look like. So we can tell you what to watch on Ed Spokane, what you to look at in Fresno, what the yard ghosts they're going to be to watch and what isotopes to kind of watch out for as they make their way up. But we have some cool fucking shit happening at BSB on the on on the Twitter when it comes to Major League Baseball or Minor League Baseball. We are all committing like a night or two to watch a game and put out highlights and keep you updated with that. We have a blog that's going to be released every Monday morning um, with highlights of our guys, people to watch out for, just a quick synopsis, one hit one hit place for the for the minors. Um, I don't know anybody else that's doing that. You're welcome. So if you have suggestions, you want to see some cool shit, go ahead and do that. And we do have an Instagram takeover from a Fresno Grizzlies fan. That's going to be an opening weekend. And if you aren't following us on Instagram right now, go find us Blake street banter. You find it in the description. We post it there too, but we're just going to be doing fun stuff. I can't, I'm so stoked for this minor league season. And we are going all in. And you might see an appearance on one of the bigger pods by us again soon. So ESB doing some things. ESB doing some things. And did we mention that Zach Bean card giveaway? Let's go! <laughs> go Rocks! Minor League affiliates! Woo! No, we're back! I lied to you all. We, uh, we're not going anywhere. We love this stuff. So we decided to get an expert on. We are here with Nick Fiegel, uh, college baseball expert. He wrote our first college baseball blog about a month ago. Uh, fantastic blog. If you haven't checked it, uh, go check our Blake Street Bander at Substack.com. It's on the link tree in the description. And you'll see it back in February, mid-February. He gave us about five guys to watch out for and a few sleepers to look at. And we got him on. Busy man. Technical difficulties aside, Nick is here. Nick, who the fuck are you? Uh, well, uh, first of all, I'm a Rockies fan. So that, that obviously is working with you guys. But I also have the added benefit of being an Orioles fan, which is, you know, a lovely thing to wake up in the morning, and, you know, watch, see that the Rockies lost. And then, you know, the Orioles are being generationally bad. Yeah, a lot of L's, a lot of L's in your morning. Probably that well, strong I, coffee. You no, know, I chose the Rockies, you know, because they had, well, I chose the Rockies because they hadn't won a World Series, you know, and they were, this was 2017, so they were on the upswing, you know, and naturally I wanted a rebuilding team, like the Orioles. Well, I turned, ended up now with two rebuilding teams. Yeah. Just yeah, not, that's terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect the I didn't expect the Rockies to fall apart that fast after you know seventeen and eighteen, yeah, like most of, people. None of us did. That's it's been a trip for all of us. So 
I guess it's safe to say that is why you are really big into the college baseball game. I yeah, I like I like the you know the the amateur aspect of it and the you know it doesn't I don't want to say it matters as much you know rooting for college and, and to a lesser extent high school, but there's not that you know existential dread of you know oh my we're gonna you know wake up you know things are just gonna go bad you just kind of ride with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can just push it off to the side and go. I will say I've enjoyed watching college baseball on the ESPN plus if ESPN does anything right. It's definitely that I wish yeah. they did a little bit more now. seems like it's slowed down since the beginning. Like I'm not finding as many games on. However, well, I do appreciate the ESPN plus doing that thing. The, the big issue with the ESPN plus is they don't have like, I want to say the pack, the pack 12 isn't, isn't their, their TV contracts terrible. The West coast conference. Um, and then, whatever conference charlotte uh, yeah. is in and then the big 10 there are a number of conferences that have their own subscription that is very exactly that yeah so but yeah yeah it's great if you have a tv subscription you can watch you get the sec and everything yeah it's it gives me something at least but i have noticed that maybe that that makes sense that makes sense all right let's get into it college baseball draft picks so the rockies are currently sitting at the 10th pick in 2022 right um nick gave us five names of those five names nick which one still holds the most weight for the rockies to be drafted at the 10th spot i can tell you it's not sims because he's out i believe it was tommy john or it was yeah Elvis. that sucks i saw that that was terrible yeah. um i would say Lee Brooks Lee, just I want to say he's of where I have it up here. He's over, yeah, 430, 14 doubles, 34 hits in 20 games. I, I think increasingly, like, he, it's a shortstop. I'm, I don't want to say I'm like know the future, I'm confident in that, but I, I'm it's probably going to be a shortstop because there's other than Tovar, there's not there's a lack of middle infield depth right uh so yeah brooks lee from out of cal poly right big shortstop mm -hmm. a little bit older i guess 21 uh, old for a college guy right there's that it's about normal it's, it's about yeah. oh he's uh, he's 20 he's no he's oh he's 20 so he's going to be one of the younger uh players in the draft born okay. september 14th so yeah he'll be one of the the younger which you know isn't that the benefit you know, I know the Rockies at times are a little slower promoting prospects, but, um, you know, being not turning 20, he'll have, you know, a few months in the minor leagues before he's 21, so. Right, so you can definitely develop into that. Yeah, his stats last year were pretty good. 55 games, 342, 10 homers, OPS over 1,000. So just got that from your little piece that you wrote. Uh, thoughts on that, Tyler? Agree, disagree, yay, nay? Brooks Lee. I, I think at this point, I think Brooks Lee has emerged. Like, coming into the season, I think everyone knew he was, you know, going to be a top 10 pick. But I think he's kind of played himself right now into the conversation for being the top college bat just because his hand-eye coordination is borderline generational. I don't want to throw the word generational, generational. around too lightly. But, like, I'm pretty sure his, his strikeout rate right now is about, like, five. Like, five strikeout percentage you know walk rate is like double that hitting over 400 like 
this dude is one of the best college hitters we've seen in a long time. So I have a feeling he's not going to be available to the Rockies at 10. But if he was, I would jump for joy at that selection because, yeah, again, this guy is a special hitter. And there's a good chance, like Nick was saying, that he sticks at shortstop, which I think we all would love another shortstop around. <laughs> yeah, give me another Trevor Story ASAP. That would be that'd be great. Uh, James, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> no, it Jay- sounds. I I mean, statistically, it sounds like a a fantastic pick. Um, the research that uh, Mike is doing on my behalf for these for these prospects, Mike never stops. Yeah, I got my eye on a couple different guys, but to be honest with you, they've kind of gotten off to a slow start for this college baseball season. So. Unfortunately, it seems like there's a lot of variables in play that that need to be played out before we can realistically nail somebody down to, you know, to what I think are the top three or four guys at that 10 spot, to be honest. To make it easier, I can, and I'm not going to put money on it, but I can almost guarantee you that outside of, in, in the research, outside of the first round, I don't see the Rockies taking a, a high school kid. So, you know, if I know I saw it's like Dylan Lesko, um, Tamar Johnson, you know, if, if none of those guys are at 10, I don't, I don't see the Rockies taking high school, a high school kid after that. Cause they haven't yeah. shown, you know, kind of, that they're, they're willing to put that commitment in. Kind of like what we were saying earlier. Like I was, I said to you, James, with the Rockies philosophy of, you know, just pounding it's it's always college pitching too it's never you know we're gonna get a a couple of high upside uh high school arms like the rockies just you know love to draft like 90 percent college pitchers so i think outside round you can bet on a college pitcher Um, i was was just gonna bring that up that's that's really funny i was like yeah so they're they're taking an arm clearly Mm -hmm. goes back to that they've i forget the stat but i believe since they've introduced the draft bonus pools, they haven't gone over like the taxes. I think they're they're one of a few teams that haven't haven't spent you know more than they've allotted. So, oh wow, they, they play it very ticket. safe. And I, and I don't, you know, playing it safe is great, but boring. You know, you got to take those risks. Right. It'd right. be awesome, yeah, to take a couple of bigger fish outside of the first round and overpay them a little bit or mm-hmm. overslot them a little bit. Well, it, it's the issue that, you know, with their 90% colleges, those guys, if they're not yeah. being moved up quick enough, you know, they're going to be, you see, you see it like at Hartford, you know, in Albuquerque, you've got guys, you know, they're 27, 28, you know, that were drafted two or three years ago. You've got to, you know, if they're playing well, like what the Dodgers do, you got to get them up, you know, when they're ready yeah and just push them because yeah time is of the essence that makes sense so 30th pick 30th ish pick as mike and james let us know we get a compensation b or probably a compensation a from trevor's story so billy schmidt got what he wanted by not signing him uh we're not diving into that now though we're not doing that but uh, (laughs) um who would possibly be a name that we see picked around the 30th 40th draft pick that we could possibly replace 
else Trevor Story's void with? I would say college outfielder. I there are a number of. It's tough because there. This is a really good class for high school pitching, and I hope you know the Rockies kind of dive. You know, break. We you know they did it the in the off season. You know, signing Chris Bryant, trading you know for Grichik. You know, maybe you know they finally break that away. You know, a guy like Judd Fabian, Florida, uh, Drew Gilbert from Tennessee, Gavin Turley, uh, high school outfielder from Hamilton, Arizona, is emerging. I really one of the guys that I really like, and he hit uh, he hit a home run at Coors in the high school All Star game is Roman Anthony. Okay. So. I think outfield is is another need with you know Blackman not going to be around for a few more years. You know, Gritchick is you know free agent at the end of next year. So so looking at the outfields, trying to fill that. Yeah, I, that I think. Mm-hmm. I think outfield and I would say infield depth are, are the two biggest needs, and and maybe some upper you know lower level catching. I think of the two biggest needs that we have. Yeah. Add another third commit three seasons in a row with Zach V, Benny Montgomery and a possible next guy. That'd be, that'd be okay. Right. Romo, Roman Anthony. Yeah. Of Stoneman Douglas high school, Florida. He's committed exactly. to Ole Miss. How often? So that's a good question. How often do these high school guys actually go to the school they commit? Like a Roman Anthony, a Walter Ford type type people. I can, uh, it's, if, if they're top of, of a board, it's more likely that, but there are a lot of kids that, that don't, you know, that slip through and, you know, ultimately go on to, you know, unknowns, you know, go on to be like Jacob, like, you know, he's committed to Ole Miss, like a Jacob Gonzalez for Ole Miss, wasn't a real big, you know, high school kid coming, you know, going into the, that draft. And, you know, he's projected possible top five pick next year. So the Rockies don't get a shortstop this year. You know, there's, there's a really good one selfishly waiting next year. And I think a good example on the other side of that is, is Dylan Cruz, who, I mean, if you're watching college baseball, you know who Dylan Cruz is 2019, I believe he was in the 2019 class coming out of high school and I think he basically set his mark. If he didn't go in, you know, the top five, top six picks, he was going to LSU. Mm-hmm. And teams didn't want to meet that top five, top six, you know, signing bonus demand. And now the guy is, is uh, I think, as close to a lock as you will see on a top pick over a year out. Like, so it just kind of depends on, on who the guy is, where they, you know, what their interests are. Do I want to get paid, you know, five, six million now or go to college? You know, it just depends. I think next year is going to be the year. I know with the draft lottery, it's going to be the draft lottery, I think, for Dylan Cruz. I think he's going to be (laughs) what he's doing and just how hard he's hitting the ball. Okay. So Dylan Cruz, keep that name on the list. Yeah, just for all baseball fans, I think Dylan Cruz, I said that Brooks Lee has a generational hit tool. Dylan Cruz is just a generational player. Just all around. Guy has remarkable power. Great contact skills. He's fast. He plays center field. It's kind of ridiculous. He's he's a laboratory created baseball player, Dylan Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. 
Um, all right. So let's get to the fan questions. So we put a question out there for what questions, comments, concerns do you have about prospects being the draft prospects that we could possibly have? So first question, open to the floor. James, even you can interject. Which college bat are you highest on and why is it Jacob Berry? That was posed by family of the pod, K-Dub. Nick, you want to start us off? Uh, I will say in terms of I probably I'm I'm high on higher on Brooks Lee. Barry, it's it's not his hit tool. He, you know, he'll hit 50 at cores in like 70 games. It's his defense. He is not, and I don't I I haven't been thought, you know, if it's approved at all, but you know, coming into the year, he was a you know a DH guy. And, you know, if, if ultimately the defense doesn't, you know, do well, you're, you're paying, you know, huge money for a, you know, like a, like a Miguel Cabrera now, you know, in, in terms of just, you know, he's not going to be able to field, but, you know, he's going to hit. And that's, that, that kind of scares me because, you know, you're banking on one tool because he's not particularly fast either. Now, yeah, no, he's not. So, I think Brooks Lee is is my probably my favorite bat. Yeah, I, I have to agree with on Brooks Lee being my my top bat. There's one other guy just to throw another name into the fold, Chase DeLouder out of uh, James Madison. He he's kind of like my one B in this class, outfielder, um, five tool guy. Brooks Lee again, he has the generational hit tool. That's like it's like a seventy grade hit tool. DeLouder doesn't have like a single you know tool that's that really jumps off the page but he's basically you know 55s across the board uh maybe a 60 for the hit but k-dub i want to throw something spicy back at you i think i mean dylan cruz we mentioned him he's not draft eligible i think that jacob barry is the second most you know prized draft prospect from that lsu lineup this year i don't think that jacob barry is even the top college bat on his own team for this draft class We'll get into that guy soon because we have another question coming up where this guy's name is going to pop up. So, uh oh, <laughs> might have to do like a Twitter space about that, <laughs> that argument. Maybe we'll do a Twitter space next week to have K Dub and Tyler go at it. Um, all right, that's cool. Uh, so this one is from Jacqueline Valenzuela. She asked the question, kind of think we already talked about it a little bit, but who do you think has the most? story-like potential in the draft what are, what are your thoughts james <laughs> it's got to be lee right i mean obviously uh, yeah i would say lee yeah and terms not to you know go ahead sorry i guess i would say that you know lee's profile is pretty different from trevor's stories there's one guy that really stands out to me as like a Trevor story. Like he's kind of like a, a college version of him and doesn't hit right-handed, but I think Carter young from Vanderbilt, I think again, for people who watch college baseball probably know who he is just because he's a Vandy guy. Um, I think he's really similar to story and that he's a great athlete with a lot of power. Um, and there's kind of just some questions about how much he's going to hit, but if he does hit, I think you're looking at like a left-handed Trevor story. Actually, I think Carter Young's a switch hitter, so he's not quite, you know, opposite, but he's not quite just Trevor Story. What were you going to say, Nick? 
Oh, no, I, never mind. Okay, you can just repeat after me, James, you're an idiot. It is not Lee. <laughs> and one, one more name to toss into the fold because this is a Rockies podcast. I think Jackson Holiday. And yes, it is that Holiday. You took my thunder, man. <laughs> oh, man. What about, his, what about his other son? Was it Aaron? I'm, I, I'm not sure. I know Jackson. I, I just know Jackson's draft eligible this year. I know. I saw. I want to say it was uh, hot. I want to say it was on one of the perfect game accounts. I saw his. I think Holiday's other son, Nick okay. or uh, Mike. Mike, can you get on that? Look up the Holiday Holiday sons. We'll get back to that. Um, okay, so you said uh, Carter. Carter of Vandy is the next story. Carter, like yeah. Carter Young from Vandy. Okay, favorite sleeper in the draft um who's that guy that's just gonna make a big loud noise later on this is from nate rocktober 19 off of twitter he's a fun follow he gives away stuff too well i guess let's get this fire rolling since i alluded to it just a moment ago um lsu bat that people aren't giving enough love i I think because of how good lsu is eventually everyone's gonna know his name and he's probably gonna go near the top of the mid first round probably k dowdy uh you know utility versatile infielder dude just rakes he walks him on these strikes out you know there's good power there um this is a dude and i think maybe barry's a better hitter but dowdy is going to be a much more sought after prospect because he kind of brings all five tools to the ballpark so so real quick before we get to the next answer dowdy when do you expect him to be drafted like is he early is he late I think he's kind of playing himself onto the Rockies radar. This is a guy coming into the season. I think you might've looked at as a late first round pick, but he's having quite a season. You know, he can play all around the infield, you know, getting a great hit tool, great power. So I think that you're looking at a guy whose ceiling is probably around where the Rockies pick, maybe, you know, eight to 10, probably going to go in the teens though. Um, But you never know with, with prospect stocks at this point, like they can blow up. So we shall see. It'll be fun to watch. Nick, who's your sleeper? Uh, I, I'm going to give you two here. Uh, the first one I'm going to butcher the name on. Uh, <laughs> Gerangelo Sajinti. C-I-J-N-T-J-E. I doubt, you know, he, he you know, the Rockies draft him, but uh, he's a switch pitcher. Mm, switch pitcher? Prep pitcher from down in Florida, which is super, you know, interesting because I, I don't think I want to say the last switch pitcher was Vendetti Pat Vendetti who pitched with the Dodgers and I think the Giants yeah. a few years ago he was out he was a crane product you no know, yeah but he's you know he's 90 I think I have mid, low, low high 80s mid 90s from both sides it's just it's a super interesting profile that you don't ever see um you know I don't know if you know if, if he ends up being you know right-handed only but I think he's one, not my main. I just think it's a name, you know, whenever I can mention it, with just, you know, the, the oddity of it. You know, yeah, Mississippi if you, if you can throw a little tidbit out there, you definitely throw that tidbit out there. That's a fun Yeah, one. I mean, I just think, you know, it's, it's impressive. He's not, you know, mid, low 90s from both sides. Yeah, That's incredible. As a high schooler, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's incredible. Mm-hmm. They're built different. My other sleeper that I'm going to throw out here is uh, Jacob Waters, uh, West Virginia. He's a, I want to say he's a junior this season. He's young, 21. Um, I saw him 
last fall, West Virginia played Kent State. Super, I like the profile. He's tall, wears glasses, um, but he's got uh, high 90s fastball. And I want to, it's either a slider or a change. It's 89, 87, 89. So it's, you know, it's a power pitcher. Um, he was on also on the, the NCBWA, their stopper of the year watch list for all the best relievers. But, you know, he's got power stuff, good control. Um, I think he's a guy that, you know, could go top five rounds. I don't know. I'm not going to, you know, guarantee that, but he's one of the better draft eligible relievers this year on a West Virginia team that is loaded with impact freshmen and is going to be pretty good here soon. Maybe not this year, but next. All right. Love that. So we got three sleepers to watch. James, who's your sleeper? Kumar Rocker. <laughs> that's a that's a good one actually i don't you know no one knows what to you think yeah but... uh drafted 10th overall mets had concerns didn't sign now oh, he's gonna right. now he's gonna play independently probably we'll see if he goes in the first round or what's gonna happen with him but that was a nice be interesting. all right james is here guys cool <laughs> yeah um all right last uh fan question about the draft and then i have one from on Instagram that I kind of forgot about, about our DSB on the farm prod. Uh, we'll answer after this. What are the chances Lesko drops to Rockies at 10? This is from Call Me Nuke on Twitter. Nick, you want to kick us off here? I, I'll bet five, I'll bet, I'll bet five bucks. He, he's, he, well, I want to say he'll probably be with the Rockies. I'll bet five bucks, you know, they don't take it. I, I after Nicarak, Robert Tyler, Riley Pint, I think the Rockies don't, I don't see them taking, you know, they don't take high school bats, you know, impact potential bats. I don't see them, you know, gambling that high with a pitcher after their past um, adventures. I just don't see them, you know, gambling that even though Lesko is really, really good and it's going to be maybe a future all-star. I like his stuff, but I don't see the Rockies being the team that takes him and, and try, you know, and develops him. Yeah, and I'm I'm in agreement, kind of on both fronts. I think I don't know if you necessarily predicted he would for sure fall to the Rockies, but I think there's a chance he does. I also think there's a you know if that did happen, they probably would pass on him. Um, but you know, with prep arms, it's kind of, there's a lot that's going to happen between, like, we don't get to, you know, watch them play SEC teams or any, you know, D1 baseball where there's a lot of trackable information. A lot of it is just kind of subjective. What do scouts think of this guy? Um, I, you know, Lesko, like Nick said, I think there's super high upside there. He's kind of polished as, as high school pitchers go, he's pretty polished, which in my mind, opens the door for a selection. I think the Rockies have to steer clear of, like, you know, the flamethrowers with command risk. That That is just what they have to avoid. And Lesko isn't quite that. But I think my – I actually think there's a or a high school pitcher who tops Dylan Lesko, and it's a guy named Brandon uh, Barrera out of uh, Florida. And this guy just – he's a lefty that – Was it Heritage? Oh, yeah. I've let me see. Um, yeah, American Heritage High School in Florida. Amer oh, and, yeah, American Heritage. 
yeah if if you guys um shoot what is his name the the right hander on the dodgers who it looks like he doesn't even try to throw the ball but he throws it like a hundred and that's oh, basically yeah. what this brennan yeah gratterall um you know barrera the guy just easy delivery and he's sitting low mid 90s um has good breaking stuff so i think there's a good chance teams fall in love with him over dylan lesko all right, so Rockies, even if they are there, will not pick up a Lesko. Uh, James, anything you want to add there? Nope. You, you guys, you nailed <laughs> it. <laughs> what did Mike get back uh, about the Holiday Suns? I had actually misspoken on that one. Uh, he only has the one son, Jackson. That was, I thought, no, that was, there wasn't, a, it's just Jackson. Okay. So I miss, I, sometimes I, I read some of that stuff too fast, so. Yeah, that, Jackson, Jackson Holiday is a good. He's going to be. I mean, I mean, the wild. Rockies love their guys' kids, right? Jorvit. Uh, so it would be, you know, it would be with how many picks, you know, it would be interesting, you know, with you know when he go to leave, would they trade him away then to St. Louis. You know? <laughs> <laughs> is is he like a top? Is he a first round pick? Um. I like his swing. I think he's rising. Whether or not you know, you know, teams look at that. I, I, I know it probably will be hard to draw him away from Oklahoma. I believe mm-hmm. that's where he's committed. Um, you know, because he could play, you know, with his dad. But I think you know, depending on how much he, you know, he's offered or gets, you know, yeah, we'll a lot of a lot of it with the high school kids, you know, comes down to money at times. No, especially with the, you know, the NIL and, you know, it's just going and getting that education. Right. Ryan Belade did skip out on the chance to play with his dad, I believe. I believe his dad was coaching college so. ball too. And, and to, Belade said, nope. So to throw a little more gas on the Jackson holiday fire um, prospects live actually has him ranked as their 17th draft prospect this season. One spot ahead Man. of our, our theme of the, of this pod, Jacob Barry, they have Jackson Holiday one spot ahead of Jacob Barry. So Jackson Holiday is getting some some helium, and you know I wouldn't necessarily bet on him going first round unless he has a real big spring and summer. But I would not rule out a first round draft pick for our our lovely you know son of the organization. I think he. I think Jackson Holiday. If you know if if they're going to shock the world. And go, you know, a high school player after, you know, the first round, or even just after 10th, 10th overall. I think Holiday, probably just, you know, being, you know, the son of Matt Holiday would probably be it. Yeah, and I mean, he is a shortstop. We were talking earlier about how to make that comp pick replace Trevor Story. You get Jackson Holiday, who, he, you know, he might. You never know with shortstops if they're going to stick at the position. But Jackson Holiday, big upside bat. Maybe he's a shortstop. That would be a very Trevor Story-esque kind of draft pick. Yeah, that would be pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Ryan Valade chose not to play with his dad. He was an assistant coach at Oklahoma State. And in a pod I was listening to, which is a really good one, bullpen talk with a Rockies pitcher, Nate Harris, he talked about just wanting to be in a major league clubhouse. He didn't want the college experience. Valade did it, and so he just wanted to go play professional ball so he just skipped out on playing with his dad and 
his dad is a fantastic coach and done everything everywhere. Um, um, one more thing on Jackson Holiday. I believe he reclassified into this draft class, which makes me think, you know, I mean, maybe he wants to go attend Oklahoma State next year. But I think if you reclassify like this, it's because, you know, you're getting a ton of draft hype and yeah. you're going to be able to get paid a couple million and go play pro ball right away. And there's no way dad doesn't have the no or the connection still like he's yeah. he's got his ear to the ground to hear that kind of stuff. That would be, be kind of nice. All right. Let's end it with this. This is a very long pause. So thank you for sticking out with this. Maybe you just split it up with the BSB on the farm and then the college college talk. Um, this was brought to us on the Instagram, uh, on the questions here, who is your most underrated Rockies prospect? This is by Rockies roundup, most underrated Rockies prospect. And we'll start with our guest here. Who is your guy to most underrated? Uh, let me pull up my, uh, not my top. I'm going to go. And I, you know, this may seem like a hill that I eventually, you know, might end up dying on. I'm going to go with Mike Ruff. Was, he's a guy no that I've had. Though. Well, he's a, he's a guy that I've had. Uh, I want to say I had him top 15 in my um, I pull up, uh, top 50 last year. I have him uh, top 15 again. I may sneak in top 10. He's one of those guys that I, I like. You know, I've watched him pitch. He's a little bit older, but I don't know. What makes yeah. him? What makes him so unique? So great? Uh, I like his stuff. He's got a good change. It's kind of I, I don't know how to explain his motion, but it, it's it's an odd, uh, more odd motion than you know. It, I don't know. It's something like out of MLB, like MLB the Show. <laughs> it's not super um, like high profile, you know, it's, it's simple. Uh, you know, the changeup is good. Got a good fastball. Um, and, and another huge reason was, I know he was, he was hurt in uh, last year, but he pitched 74 and two thirds innings or no, I'm sorry. Yeah. 24. God, Jesus, hold on. Uh, so uh with a few starts, because he run he's hurt, hit 64 and two-thirds innings, uh, 75 strikeouts, and a 2.98 ERA and 14 starts. And then he held right-handed batters to a sub-600 OPS, and then eight extra base hits all year to lefties. So, Yeah, that is that is something to watch out for. I like that. Mike Ruff. I, I li- yeah, I like, I like the name. You know, I, I'm extremely high on him. Whether or not, you know, he turns into anything is – you know, that's, that's, that's the, the joy in prospecting and, you know, going your own way. But I think he's somebody that will, will someday get a major league start, whether it be, you know, in the bullpen or in the rotation for the Rockies. Yeah, for sure. I like that. That's definitely an under radar guy. I like that. James, who's your under the radar guy? You're not going to like it, but it's Stephen Darnell. I, I <laughs> uh, relievers are they don't get any love in the in the prospect rankings but they are the most likely ones to also make the big leagues so it's kind of a weird uh juxtaposition that they're that they're in um so that's i mean that's what i like you look at the stats i mean they speak for themselves so that's it and you just want to be rude okay 
Duke and Darnell. Um, all right. <laughs> Love that. Tyler, un most underrated prospect. Well, I, I think I'm the man of the motif this episode. I brought like we had Jacob Berry occur in multiple spots. Now we got Adrian Pinto. That was going to be my pick. Mm -hmm. I like coming into this podcast today. But you know, what was it, six hours ago, seven, eight hours ago, traded. So cannot be Adrian Pinto anymore. So I'm going with Noah Davis. I I really get Mike Clevenger vibes from Noah Davis, given the deep arsenal, the you know, familiarity with his with his body and and how that relates to his stuff. Um, I don't think he gets you know the recognition for that for being a smart pitcher and that's not to say other pitchers are dumb but like Noah Davis is on another he is he's the typical UCSB UC Santa Barbara pitching product where they just are you know head and shoulders above everyone in terms of knowing how to pitch and and what it means to get better so I like Davis there's a lot of good pitches in his arsenal I think there's a chance for five quality pitches with the splitter that you know we've been kind of hyping up a little bit he's been hyping up a bit too um, he's trying to develop a splitter and that could give him five average or better pitches. I like Noah Davis, very underrated. Yeah, he is fun to watch. He's nasty. And there's something to say about being smart and knowing what to do. And it's, we talked to a few guys and they just picked Noah's brain when he showed up in Spokane and they just sat next to him well, and learned things. With Noah having come from the red. Yeah. Spin Cincinnati. Yeah. They, well, and I think with their partnership with Driveline and stuff, you know, you could see, you know, maybe that was why they traded for him, you know, bring in somebody, you know, with outside, you know, with what Driveline's doing, you know, and all their tech stuff, bring in a guy like Noah Davis, you know, with, from the Reds, you know, who have been using that kind of stuff. Because it's obvious, you know, with, with his, you know, an Instagram and his Twitter and stuff, you know, he's really in tune with, you know, spin rate and, you know, helping guys get, you know, the best out of their stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Love that. Um, my guy is PJ Pulian. Pulin, still don't know how to say it. <laughs> um, it would be it'd be ridiculous if, as arm barn advocates on the pod, that I didn't say an arm barn guy. But his his stuff is nasty for whatever reason. It's big strikeout stuff. Uh, just is able to get guys out with his mid nineties fastball. He has a nice little slide piece that, you know, racks up the racks up the K's. So just middle reliever, what you look for to get from sixth, seventh inning to the next guy. And the K the K's are good. Again, I think his name is one of those more frequently said out loud names on here. So the Rockies certainly have a need for, you know, lefty pitching. But yeah. Ben, ben Bowden hasn't looked great in spring, but yeah, I think yeah, lefties are, are a huge need. Got to watch out. Got to keep an eye on those guys. So I think PJ Pullian, he'll probably start with the Hartford Yard Goats again, where he ended last year, and try to figure it out with there. There's some really good arm arm pieces in what will be Hartford, high A, double A Hartford, ball this year. Hartford's going to be loaded this year with all the guys. They're going to be so good. Well, it was interesting because the Rockies were, I don't know if it was they refused, but they never sent anybody like even half decent from Spokane to Hartford last season, you know, outside of like Poland or there were a lot of guys. And I don't know, you know, if that's a strategy, you know, move them all up at once, 
build that brotherhood. But I think Hartford is going to be a lot better than, and I suppose Hartford can't get any worse than they were last year. <laughs> yeah, they, were, they, were, they were one of the worst. I mean, it was just, just not a good season. Yeah, it was it was dark, dark at Dunkin' Donuts there. It was a black coffee type color. Up there. Dark at Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the Harper Yargos would be good. Um, all right, let's end it with this. So you already came, kind of gave us our guys. So whenever every time we have a guest come on, right, we always have our guys. Recap, my guys, Nick Bush, Sean Bouchard, Tyler, Zach Kokoska, friend of the pod, Bryce McGowan, K-Dub, McGowan Brown, Yankwell Fernandez, James, Winton Bernard, friend of the pod, and Carlos Perez, which is weird. Justin Wick, Frank Duncan, friend of the pod, and Finn Delbonta Smith, his own friend. And Nick just talked a little bit about Mike Ruff, who's one of his guys. And who's your other guy? End it I have on a bang, Nick. I have Tanner Props, um, Delta State. I don't know what their mascot is, but, uh, but Tanner Props, uh, sliding sweeper. I He had, I want to say it was this, a uh, streak of 15 or 20 innings last year where he didn't allow a run similar mm-hmm. to, and he's now gone from the organization, but uh, you want Ibar, I think they were around the same time. Yeah. So 10 games. Yeah. It was a 10 plus inning scoreless streak. So, you know, he's got a really good sweeper, sweeper slider. That's, that's all the rage right now, especially in college and, you know, at the amateur level. Um, unfortunately, he'll probably be with Spokane, so there'll be no way, you know, to view those games. Um, unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, so I, I like him. I think he's a really good arm. Doesn't give up a lot of hard contact. Doesn't, you know, give up a lot of home runs. Uh, he was an undrafted free agent, too, in tw- from the 2020 draft. So, you know, you always have that little more incentive to root for the guys, you know, that, that didn't get drafted at all. And see them succeed. Duke and Darnell 2.0. Yeah. Right. I like that. Tanner Props keeping with the relief pitcher advocate stuff. I like it. Nick doing his thing. Nick, thank you for hanging out with us and talking college ball. That was welcome. It was a pleasure. We're going to have maybe, yeah, I don't know. Another one at some point. Yeah. I was thinking about like guys to watch, like who are these, well, some the of these guys that we should thing. watch on when they're on and type stuff. But I would say, you know, in a few weeks, because I want to say, and I'm not, I know last week was the, or last weekend was the first weekend of SEC play. So, you know, with the number of these guys, you know, maybe not so much Brooks Lee, but like Dylan Cruz, who's next year, you know, Jacob Berry, uh, how they fare, you know, in SEC play and not teeing off against like Alcorn State and Arkansas Pine Bluff. So there's, there's, there's a huge difference, you know, in, in hitting against, you know, a kid on the mound who, you know, doesn't throw harder than like 85 and, you know, walks five guys an inning versus, you know, 95, 96, you know, in a sharp slider. Yeah, that, that's a very, very good point. They're, they are, there's a reason SEC play is built different. Mm-hmm. Something to watch out for. So maybe James is, uh, who's your guy? Brock Jones will project and figure it out. Or regress, I don't know. But James, he's still, smart. he's still showing up in the first round of mock draft. So okay, and you heard it here first from James. He's smart. <laughs> All right, and that is the Blake Street Banter does college baseball. Woo! So what's up with the Rockies bullpen? Well, when we last saw our heroes.
Yes. 